and horror hounds this is brett from dimension z joined as i am every week by greg of the dead how you doing man doing good i'm excited to talk about a weird medical drama i do not know why we picked this i watched all of the seasons yeah the will the weird man with the cane that's addicted to the pills and he thinks he's better than everyone else yep i've watched a lot of it for this yeah so we're going to cover season one today um oh, okay <laughs> all right ding dong you're dead House from 1985, directed by Steve Miner. I enjoy so much that the second one is called The Second Story. Oh, I never knew that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah this is a first time watch for me. Oh, good. What did you think of right off I the bat? I liked it a lot. I, I didn't go in expecting anything. I had no idea what I was in for. It was fun. It was kooky toned. Like, yeah. And then oddly super serious at times, too. But yeah, I liked it. Good. Yeah, it's definitely, like, weird, because these are, like, a bunch of the guys that did, it's Stephen Miner and Sean S. Cunningham, who did the Friday the 13th, like, a bunch of them, and uh, also produced by Roger Corman. Did you catch that name? I did. Of course I caught Corman. And written by Ethan Wiley, who also did, like, Children of the Corn 5? Oh, one (laughs) of the 20,000 Children of the Corn movies? And, like, a generic Elfman, like, Christmas movie. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but good. this is good. Yeah, some good work there. Elfman Christmas movie and Unnamed Children of the Corn sequel. And did you recognize the score? Yes, I did. Manfredini. Yeah, Manfredini joined Stephen Miner and Sean S. Cunningham coming over from Friday the 13th. Hell of a composer. Yeah, the score's really good for this, actually. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've seen this a few times. I think this is one of the ones when, like, I first got Shudder, and, like, every single thing that got put on there, I was like, I'm watching it. A bunch of it was horrible. That's how I saw, like, that horrible Critters TV show that they even have scrubbed (laughs) from the internet. But this was one of them. I was like, oh, yeah, I uh, remember liking this a lot the first time I watched it, and this is one I definitely wanted to cover one day. I'm glad, because, like I said, I had, like, no idea this movie's existence, even. I, it's not really that well-known. The people that know it love it, but um, they talk about it, like, a little bit in the Friday the 13th documentary of when they were trying to break away a little bit and try to start a new franchise, and they were really hoping that Big Ben was going to be the new Jason. I mean, he did get a little bit of a following. I have seen a Big Ben figure before. Yeah. And it's definitely one that's come around more, like, now that the last, like, ten years or so, I would say, maybe. I mean, I've seen it in passing, never paid attention to what it was before until now. Yeah, this is another one of those, like, covers that you see a lot, and, like, especially, like, the severed hand ringing the doorbell. But it's always like, oh, yeah, it's that movie, but you never see it. (laughs) But now we have, so you ready to get into this? Yes, let's record this fucker. Alright, it starts with this boy dropping off some groceries for Mrs. Hooper, an old lady who lives in this house. She's not at the door, he goes in looking for her, and then goes upstairs and finds her hanging there. Just noosed around her neck upstairs, and of course runs outside. 
what's so funny because he's like oh yeah i'll just drop the groceries off you know i'll uh grab some money from you next week hello anyone here oh god damn it she's dead i'm not getting paid yeah exactly (laughs) cut to the funeral and her nephew roger cobb who's an author is in for the funeral and cuts to him at a book signing i love this book signing Oh, the book signing's great because it's like random punk kids like like his books because he's a horror writer. Then there's like the random nerdy guy that's like, I really love your work. Well, what's your next book going to be about? It's like, well, I'm going to be writing about my time in the Vietnam War. He's like, oh, well, I'll look forward to that. There's some guy who gives him the book that isn't even his book. He goes, this isn't mine. He goes, I know, still sign it. Okay. <laughs> and then I, he like leans over to his agent. It's like, who are these people? He's like, you're adoring fans. <laughs> we get some dialogue in here from some of the fans talking to him. That his wife is an actress who's on a soap opera and everything. Well, his ex-wife, they've split. Yeah, because the one lady in line keeps being like, I love your wife so much. And he's like, ex-wife. He's like, oh, well, yeah, isn't she amazing? He's like, yeah, she's the one that left me. <laughs> <laughs> He gets to the house, and he's gonna start working on his new book about the Vietnam War. Well, not the house, he gets home. And he calls this Agent Thatcher, and we're afraid we don't have any new information about your son, and please stop calling the CIA about it. Yeah, it's like, uh, if you've been contacting the CIA, please don't do that anymore. We will call you if we find anything. It's like the ice cream cops from Ice Cream Man. It's like... Lady, we're handling your son, but we need some rocky road right now. Well, no, because this cop, honestly, this agent probably could have exhausted every opportunity because of where the son went. So, yeah, he probably is like, yeah, we'll let you know, but we have nothing. Oh, yeah, I don't know if their jurisdiction covers, like, ghost dimensions. Yeah, I'm going to guess not. (laughs) But his ex-wife, Sandy, the actress we were talking about earlier, calls him, and... It's this is so sad, Brett. He yeah. pretends to have friends over. He turns on the stereo <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, keep it down, guys! I'm on the phone." Like, like oh, these guys are being wild over here. And she's like, "Oh, who's there?" He's like, the guys. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "Oh yeah, well, I was just at a big award ceremony, but I lost." But then he's like, "Okay, well, I gotta go. The game's still going on." And he hangs up with. You're an idiot to himself. Yeah, because there for a minute, she was definitely about to be like, I love you again. I'm going to fly right to your house and be with you. But she kind of bites her tongue for a second. He's like, damn it. (laughs) That night he has this zombie arm dream about, I can't tell if it's supposed to be him or his son, but like playing in the yard and a zombie arm pops out and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, a lot of weird dream stuff in this movie, but it's visually cool. Yeah, and some of them do make sense for the story and are important. And I would say I'm more of a fan of this kind of Haunted House Ghost movie than, like, a Poltergeist. Well, this kind is is barely a Haunted House movie. This is like how Night of the Demons is a haunting movie, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like more monster creatures... Yes, technically it's haunted, I guess, but you know what I mean. Well, that's I'm not a huge fan of the Haunted House movies, so this is, like, as close as I get to, like, liking them. Oh, yeah, dude, some of the, like, 
puppets and costumes in this movie are amazing. <laughs> I'm looking the the puffy woman we get. I love so much. <laughs> they're they're amazing looking, but this is also a movie that suffers from the high definition thing that's going on right now of like making these transfers look way better than they ever should have. Because you can definitely see like Big Ben's lips inside the mask. <laughs> yeah, you can see like zippers, all this kind of stuff once you get too high definition. Yeah, like th- this movie is better on like a DVD VHS. <laughs> but he goes to his late aunt's house and meets with the realtor. And he has a flashback to his son's disappearance. And this is like, he's outside with his son and his son's in the pool. Well, his son disappears from him. They set it up at first where I thought it was a kidnapping because there's a car that like kind of yeah. kills away. Yeah, and like then, out of nowhere. Yeah, and I think it's made to make you think that because I'm like, oh, someone kidnapped him for right. sure. But then like you hear the splash in the pool and he runs back, but his son's not there anymore. So I'm like, oh, he drowned, but there's no body. So no one knows what happened. Yeah, he's and, like, then that's what they tell the police. And of course, they don't believe him because it's like, okay, well, the kid's in the pool, but then he wasn't. They're like, okay, yeah. he he doesn't exactly, like, he's not making sense. Did you catch the name of the realty agency? I don't think I did. Craven Realty. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's one of my notes. But then he's mean with the realtor and everything, and he's talking about, like, oh, there's a uh, prize-winning fish up there, wasn't it? Because obviously his uncle was a big spear fisherman and everything. And they're in the shed, and he's almost shot with the spear gun by the realtor, just picking oh, it up. And the realtor is just, like, laughs it off, like, oh, that's pretty funny, right? And Roger, of course, is, like, shooting him a look, like, oh, you. It's a, definitely that kind of tone of movie. Yeah. Um, They're walking around. Here's another flashback to, like you said, them reporting it to the police. And the aunt says, it was the house. It got him. It was the house. And snaps back, and he goes, I'm no longer selling. Oop. I, I hope you reconsider because knowing I'm to stay on it for a while. Yeah, and the realtor's like all mad because he's like, I have a cousin who can do some really good like remodeling work for you. Like he's just seeing dollar signs. Well, from the talks of it, it sounded like he already invested quite a bit of money into cleaning and stuff like this with yeah. the place too. It's just like, thank you so much. Now get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> but that night he's staying in the new house he hears a noise and a woman or child's voice says hello back at him. Yes. Yeah, it's a lot of weird um, stuff like that. Like you'll see flashes of things here and there. Like, you're like, oh, did something move there? Like they do a little bit of the ghost house stuff, but luckily they don't do too much. No, and I mean, that's fine. It doesn't bother me at all. In this one. Right. But he goes upstairs and he sees his aunt there and she's like, the house won, Roger. It tricked me. It's going to trick you too. And then she hangs herself again and disappears. Yeah, and Roger like goes to like, like uh, catch her. But she just like, yeah, she, as soon as she steps off the stool, she just like disappears completely. What is this, like a Ghostbusters plan? Get her! <laughs> yeah, she got her. Get her, Ray. <laughs> The next day he's outside, he has this hot jogger lady neighbor, and who else are we introduced to? Oh, Norm! It's <laughs> Harold <laughs> Gordon shows up. Afternoon, everybody. Norm! 
George Wendt. I love George Wendt so much. Where like I'm a huge Cheers fan. This is one of the reasons I love this movie so much. I, I like, knew instantly as soon as I saw. It, I'm like, okay, that's why Brett likes this. I was like, it's Norm. Um, as if I ever met George Wendt at a con, it'd be like, I absolutely love Cheers. Also, you're hilarious in House. <laughs> he is though. He's really funny in this movie. Yeah, I love him. He's like definitely like the kind of bumbling-ish neighbor who's like also a big fan of um Roger as an author, so it's like the worst person that could be next door. Oh yeah, because he's a huge fan and he doesn't know it's funny, he's like, Are are you Roger Cobb? And he like pulls out like a shredded version of his book that he keeps <laughs> with him all the time in his pocket. He's like, Oh, what are you doing? He goes, Oh, working on the new book. What's it about? Vietnam War. And he's talking his ear off. And I love when he starts talking about, man, I'm so glad you moved in. Not like that crazy lady who lived there. And he starts going on about her and everything. And eventually Roger's like, yeah, she was my aunt. And I love uh, Norm's just like, heart of gold though, let me tell you. Like switches right to that. Like hell of a woman. Now good looking for her age. I'm gonna call him Norm this whole episode, aren't I? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But he's inside that night writing. He has a nom flashback. Oh, it's also great because Norm is like, "Oh, uh, can I have an autograph?" And it's like, "Oh, do you have a pen?" It's like, "Oh, no, I, I don't." He's like, "Uh, well, maybe later, because you know, I got here for to get some solitude. You know, solitude." He's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. You want to be left alone? That's right." And he just <laughs> doesn't move. <laughs> But yeah, so we get this nom flashback next when he's writing. Um, there's cigarettes, like, traded between him and this guy, Big Bill, who's very much like Jesse Ventura from Predator. Big Ben. Big Ben, my bad. Big Bill is the clock. Wait. Yes, Big Ben is also the clock, but this guy. Yes. A grenade shows up, they're ambushed, and he's kind of cut out of A grenade shows up. Quick. A grenade goes wandering <laughs> out of the bushes. <laughs> hey, guys! <laughs> got an itchy pin here. What, what if you're not pulling it? It's like, well, it wasn't there, and it was there. It showed a, up. A grenade. It got dropped off by a cab. <laughs> Look, my notes say grenade. They didn't dictate how I was supposed to say it. Like grenade shows up. <laughs> but next, he has a vision of his son Jimmy, and he's in the window, and he just points the TV remote at the window and turns off his vision? How shitty is that? What if that was literally his kid trying to make contact, being like, Dad, help me. And Dad's just like, shut up, I'm trying to write. It's like if Joyce, like, <laughs> unplugged the lights in Stranger Things when Will was trying to talk to her. Like, these lights are giving me a headache, Will. Like, she shuts the power off. Leave me alone! <laughs> yeah, I'm selling this house. <laughs> God, I'm so glad you went missing. My life has been so much better without you. <laughs> he goes up to the room where he had the ant hanging herself vision, and he opens the closet door, nothing's there. The clock chimes at midnight, opens it again, and there's this giant monster inside. Yeah, it's like a weird tree kind of, like, mutant monster thing, because it has, like, what looks like vines and limbs coming off of it, but also, like big claw hands and like multiple faces the hands look like the rancor from return of the jedi in java's palace the big monster down there oh that's perfect yes like it's exactly like those reaching out at him 
The next day, you see a delivery showed up with a shit ton of cameras, like different kinds and everything, and he's setting them all up in front of the door, and <laughs> I love this. He he has, like, his uh, war helmet on, goggles, he has a rope tied around the door with all these, like, 20 cameras set up, he yanks the door open, all the cameras take pictures, he screams and runs outside, celebrating, and Harold sees him coming out just like this. Yeah, and it's like, uh, oh, uh, hey, neighbor. It's like, oh, hey, you know, um, you know, working on that uh, writing in here. It's like, oh, yeah, anything good? It's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm getting a few breakthroughs. Well, I got to get going. Bye. And Norm is Jeff definitely just like, huh, writers, huh? <laughs> They're so kooky. But it's, he's also walking through his front yard. How long has he been just standing outside with his dog being like, I hope he comes outside soon? Oh, dude, well, imagine, like... John Carpenter moves next door to you. Well, let's make it an author. Let's say Stephen King moves next door to you. You'd be right. doing the exact same thing. Yeah, I guess so. I would almost put it as, like, Tom McLaughlin moves in next door. Of, like, not everyone really knows who he is. But some people really love him. And I just happen to be one of those people. And I'm just, like, at the fence every day, like, Fire the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives is the best one. It's like, I know, Brett, you've been telling me this. Please leave me alone. You just keep buying more and more copies from the sign every day. I just toss them over the fence. <laughs> <laughs> hey, take your time, but throw them back over whenever you're done. Here's some pins. You want to watch <laughs> it later? But Roger goes back inside to do the picture trick again, but there was nothing there. Midnight, he runs back up to do it again because he's remembering like hey it happened at midnight last time but right then harold comes over and scares the hell out of which he just lets himself in this man's house with like chinese food and like beer just be like oh i thought you would uh you know want a midnight snack you know it's just like he keeps saying over and over again i want to be left alone blah 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 he's taking he's not taking no for an answer well they made it seem like this one was set up oh yeah well almost like well he did say, like, oh, yeah, I'll come over sometime. And I know, like, Roger is probably like, yeah, 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 yeah. And Harold's like, yes, I'm in. But they have dinner, and Roger tells him he thinks his house is haunted, and Harold's very much a skeptic. He shows him these scratches he got on the chest from the monster, and he's still not believing. He goes, oh, you probably did that to yourself in your sleep or something. And Harold goes to leave, and on his way out, steals Roger's phone book, like his contact book, on his way out. Yeah, it's like me walking out of Tom McLaughlin's house being like, I bet you Tom Matthews' phone number's in here. Yoink. <laughs> and Harold goes home, immediately calls his actress famous ex-wife. Yeah, oh, it just happened to be her. Oh, it's like, oh, I love she, like, answers the phone at, like, it's the middle of the night. And he's like, oh, yeah, this is Harold. And she's like, Harold who? It's like, oh, one of Roger's friends. It's like, oh, wait, you, Roger doesn't live here anymore. It's like, oh, no, I'm his neighbor now. Like, I'm his brand new neighbor who somehow got your phone number, I guess. Um, I think, oh, no, something's off with him. He's, uh, I think he's having some flashbacks. Like, you should come here immediately and bring a pen with you. He didn't have a pen. <laughs> Which he is having flashbacks, though. Yes. But I don't think Harold actually knows that. So I think he's just trying to get her to show up. That's what I think he's just trying to accumulate more autographs, which is also like me, surrounded by my all of my autographs. <laughs> yep. 
But we get another Nom flashback, more Ben stuff here, like helping them out. They go on their missions together. But well, very, they, like, they, big bravado, like, machismo type guy. Well, he's, like, seven feet tall, like, the squarest jawline. Like, him and Robert Zadar could have, like, a chin, like, fight. <laughs> yeah, and he's the exact opposite of Roger. Yeah, because, like, he's super tall and muscular. And he's, like, got the giant machine gun. He's, like, I'll take point when, like, no one else wants to because I guess that means you go first. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what that means. Yeah. I did miss one thing when the creature came out of the um, closet the first time. You definitely see the set wall jiggle and move, and I love things like that. Oh, yeah, you catch that a couple times throughout this. Yeah, it's just like, I love those little imperfections in movies. But back in the house, this toy car rolls across the floor, and then, Brett, this is where this movie got me, right here. Because the swordfish comes to life. (laughs) Well, because they keep, like, looking at the swordfish over and over again. It's like they keep going back to, like, the bathroom uh, medicine cabinet mirror over and over again. Whereas, like, that's going to mean something. Like, they keep talking about the swordfish and coming back to it and looking at it. Which great. He goes, like, right up to it, staring at it. And is like, oh, I'm just crazy. And his eye starts moving. It starts, like, flapping around like Billy Bass. <laughs> Great. Dude, I thought someone was going to get impaled on it or something like that. I did not expect it to come to life exactly like you just said, like a big mouth billy bass. That would have been the ultimate thing, is if someone got impaled on it. But he goes up to the shed to get the gun, and then all the axe and all the tools, like, start attacking him. The axe flies at him and misses him, and everything (laughs) else, like, lifts up. The only thing that could have made this better, I don't know why, because in my head, that, like, was going through my head as these tools were like flying at him that's perfect oh yeah because they're attacking him and it is like this is like okay this movie's zany like it's weird it's funny yeah he runs back in and blasts the fish with a shotgun and then like grabs the towel and throws it over it because now the fish is like screaming Later, in the, he goes into the bathroom, but all the flying tools are back when he comes out. He goes running downstairs, and he gets there, and Sandy's there. His ex-wife showed up, probably due to, um, I don't remember his name, to Norm, his phone call. And she's yeah, checking and on him and everything. Like Roger's running home. down the stairs in his army gear with a <laughs> shotgun. <laughs> but she's like, I wanted to check on you. And then she, like, ducks out for a second, pops back up as this... What I've dubbed the Puffy Monster. It's like a giant purple ghost monster with, like, the giantest tits there's ever been. Yeah, why'd they give the giant monster hot tits? And it's like, it's, they, it looks like a garbage bag filled up with, like, marshmallow fluff spray-painted purple yeah. is the only way I could describe this thing. It's got, like, a weird flat face. It's in, like, the giant purple dress, so it's just hilarious. <laughs> he shoots it, and then it turns back into Sandy, like, on the porch. It, like, flew onto the porch after getting shot. And so, in his head, he's like, shit, am I losing it? And then I just shoot my ex-wife. He drags her in and hides the body in the closet under the stairs. Yeah, and at this point, Norm has called the police because there's been, like, shots fired. He looks out his window that he's just always staring out of now and sees Roger on the porch with a shotgun. And he's like, oh, shit, something's going on. 
So he calls in and he's like, I don't know, a, a suicide attempt. Like, he, I don't think he really knows what to say. Well, yeah, because Roger, like, throws his, like, ex-wife's body in this closet, goes back out on the porch like he's cleaning the shotgun. The police show up. He hears the siren. He hears the siren, so he sits down and acts like he might as well be whistling, looking up at the sky. Oh, howdy, officers. Would you like some lemonade? He says it went off while cleaning it. And, like, you know it's illegal to have a loaded fire a loaded gun he goes well i didn't know it was loaded but then one of the cops recognize him and everything's all good now he's all excited but he goes can i ask a huge favor of you i was waiting for the autograph yeah can i use your bathroom and harold has also brought himself over at this moment too with the police and they all go inside and he makes some coffee they all finally leave but the gun is missing well it's great he's because he's serving them coffee and it's like the little like glass tea things on like the plate so they're like jingling because he's like his hands are shaking so much and like the cops are definitely like something's going on here he's being very suspicious yeah because like there's also like the um shelves on the ground that the norm's like oh no no i got him like give him here and the cops like whoa do you know what these are he's like yeah they're uh bullets i don't know what the cop was getting at here i guess just trying to get anything yeah, he's like, no good in having a gun if you don't have ammo for it. Like, well, that checks out. It's like, well, you shouldn't clean a loaded gun. It's like, yeah, I, I know that. Ha <laughs> <laughs> But they all finally go. But like I said, the gun's missing here. And he goes under the stairs and Sandy's body is gone. He goes upstairs, searching to the scary closet. He's about to open it. But the Sandy monster appears behind him and hits him with the gun. Yeah. It's like, where's your son, Roger? You'll never find him. He's dead. And it goes to shoot him, but the gun's empty because he already fired it. And the flying tools have returned. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Quiet, <laughs> Roger. He opens the door because he, like, trapped him in a room. So as soon as he opens the door, they go flying out and, like, hit the monster. The hedge clippers cut its head off. Yep, and so the flying tools, I guess, just drop over now that they've drawn blood, but uh, he, he takes the head to the backyard, and he's burying it, and then he, like, drags the body out with this, like, tarp over it, and he doesn't notice the hot jogger neighbor, Tanya, is swimming in his pool. Well, it's also so weird, because number one, you got stalker fan Norm walk, like wandering around your property at all times of the day and night, just letting himself inside your house. Um, all this random stuff's happening. Why did you not dig the hole first and then drag the body out? Like, he drags an obvious body out into his front yawn, lawn in the middle of the day to then start digging the hole. Yeah, it it doesn't look good. The neighbor, but it's just uh, for the comic effect of what happens next. Yeah, because the neighbor Tanny comes up to us like, oh, what are you doing here? Like, what is that, an apricot tree? He's like, yes! And the hand keeps going to reach for it. He's like, stabs it with the shovel and everything. And she's hitting on him hardcore. I'm like, the the really hot girl, he's like, oh, I, I'll leave you alone. I know what a man wants to work. I also know when a man wants to play. That line will come back later. Yeah, because it's not the kind of play that he thinks it means. He's being naughty. I feel like he was misled here. Yes, very much so. But yeah, she goes like sauntering away and is like, Bye, Roger, as she bats her eyes over her shoulder. 
<laughs> she, she takes off. He finishes burying. That night, he sees a dog. Uh, look, everyone's just wandering onto his property. Yeah. Neighbors, dogs. It's like he, he needs to put up a fence, dude. But this dog comes running into his backyard and runs off with a hand that it dug up from the monster. <laughs> He's chasing after it. But yeah, gets the dog it back. Like, gets out of his yard and it's just like, I guess that's gone now. <laughs> Tanya comes over. He goes, ready to play. But then the camera pans down and there's a small boy. Who, this is my son, Robert. And I'm like, oh, what kind of weird shit's this gonna be? But she's just dropping him off to be babysat by Roger. Like, and just starts unloading all these blankets and toys onto him as the boy just starts taking off running through this house. Yeah, and the boy has the severed demon hand clinging to his back. It's also, <laughs> what's up with this mother of, you've just met this man. The, the one time you met him, he was digging a hole beside a giant plastic bag. Now, here, just take my son. Do what you will. He loves baths. Like <laughs> she, she obviously doesn't care because... Roger goes running after young Robert, and he's <laughs> running through the house. And remember, he has the hand on him. Goes into the bathroom. <laughs> Roger goes after him, is trying to get the hand off of him, and he's screaming in the bathroom with this boy. And Tandy's like, "Robert, Robert!" And he's screaming. Finally, gets the hand off of him, flushes the toilet, and they come out. And she's like. Oh, everything must be fine. Dude, if you just brought your kid to basically a stranger's house, he chases after him into the bathroom and you hear screaming, you should be alarmed! Yeah, you, the man went into the bathroom with your son um, as soon as they got into your house. Now your kid is crying. Yeah, maybe don't, maybe cancel your date for tonight. It's like, well, here's a free coupon for a $5 foot long, ma'am. <laughs> Oh, that one took me a minute. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Uh? Well played. Thank you. <laughs> she leaves Robert there for him to watch, and he's watching him, and he starts having nom flashbacks while he's watching the kid, and yeah. this is when Ben gets shot. Also, he has, like, he's watching a, like, soap opera or whatever that his ex-wife is on, but this is what he's put on for the child. Yeah, the kid seems to like it. Well, yeah, is this a kid like me where I'm sitting there watching, like, hammer horror movies at, like, eight years old being like, I love the dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's all this, like, uh, because Big Ben will not stop. He's, like, g like no. charging through the jungle. Roger's like, we're so far away from our group, we might get friendly fire if we keep going. Big Ben's not listening. And then it's all, all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, I heard a sound. He gets, like, mowed down. He wants Roger to kill him. And Roger's like, you're, like, my best friend. I don't want to kill you. I'm going to go get help. But as soon as, like, Roger gets out of sight, uh, all of, like, the other army, like, comes in and takes him away to, like, torture him. And with Big Ben's like, Roger, I'm going to kill you one day and your son that's not around yet. <laughs> <laughs> he wakes, comes back, too, from this flashback, and Robert is gone. And he's one of the little creatures, kind of like the puffy one, like, <laughs> running and yeah. Robert going with it. And it starts taking him up the chimney. <laughs> it's just like, this. there's no worse house this mother could have dropped her kid off at. There, there's demon ghosts actively trying to kill everyone in the house. Your son's, like, gone through a chimney now. <laughs> yeah. Roger gets in there, grabs his feet, and the little, like, 
puffy monster's like, ah, trying to steal the boy. <laughs> he finally gets him. <laughs> he says, you okay? Yeah. All right. And then it's bath time. Tanny comes and picks Gotta him back up. Gotta get all that chimney soot off of you so your mom doesn't know you were halfway up the chimney. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Tell your mom monsters kidnapped you. Go ahead. She's not going to believe it. But then, like, the mom shows up. It's like, oh, did you have a fun time with Roger? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, thanks, kid. Like, I don't think the kid realized the severity of the situation he was in. And also, we only get, like, a quick glimpse of these creatures, but another cool creature design. Like, very oh, yeah. original. Like, you don't see that in any other movie. It's not like, oh, that looks a lot like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. Everything looks really cool. Yeah. He invites Harold over and says, there's a raccoon trapped in the closet, and this is the big plan. He gives him the spear gun. He goes, I'm going to open that door, and I want you to shoot, and then don't let go of this rope no matter what happens. You got that, Harold? Uh, I, I think so. He's like, yeah, remember when I said I saw a ghost? It was actually a raccoon, size of a Labrador. And Norm's like, oh, really? Uh, that's a hell of a raccoon there. It's like, yeah, it's, he scurries up through the roof and eats and comes back here and builds a nest. And, like, as soon as I open the door, shoot him. And just so we're timed perfectly, we're doing exactly at midnight. It's like, okay, it's, like, <laughs> it's also great. It's like, and also make sure I'm out of the way when you shoot that thing. <laughs> and clock strikes midnight. Roger opens the door and... <laughs> And the fucking monsters, of course, there. Harold shoots and they like, grab that line. He doesn't grab the line. The monster starts getting away, but the line wraps around Ro Roger's foot and pulls him in. And Harold's trying to reel him in, but loses it. And he apparently this closet goes back to the Vietnam War. Yeah, I get it's like, I guess the ghost demons just like go inside your mind and whatever like your worst memories are. That's what they create. Is it like a Pennywise thing? I guess. I guess because this is where this is where Rogers asks him to kill him, but he doesn't do it. And he sees the closet door in the jungle, and he makes it back through. Comes in to a drunk Harold. Oh, <laughs> is it really you? <laughs> He's terrified at first when he pops through. It's so great because Harold's just slumped on like an extra mattress with like a tiny, like three shots left of a fifth of like Jack Daniels. He's just laid there slumped over drunk. And then he's like, yeah, like, give me a hug. He's like hugging him. Now Roger has to take care of him. Like he puts him to bed. <laughs> I feel like it's like in Space Jam when Michael Jordan gets sucked into like the, um, golf hole and Newman's there trying to find it and this looks like a madman that's probably what Harold felt like yeah it's like oh fuck fuck what am I gonna say he's like panicked he's like well I brought this Jack Daniels so I'll drink this <laughs> <laughs> Roger's in the bathroom and smashes the bathroom mirror oh, and a tentacle oh. reaches up uh, because he like goes back to the painting that the aunt was like painted like her very last one and he like takes like a towel off of it and there's like a little boy in the mirror <laughs> like <Yeah>. ah! <laughs> he so goes in and smashes it and a tentacle reaches out and grab him and then all these more monster arms have him too and he finally frees himself by grabbing a straight razor and hacking at all of them yeah, it's almost turned into a hentai a little bit he throws a rope down like fastens it to the radiator there and then Ties it around himself, he has a shotgun, and he climbs in, and he's just rappelling into the abyss, pretty much. Yeah, which is insane, 
but also I guess it's like, well, you got you got to save the, your son, I guess. Blah blah blah. But we get like cool I want to know how he got such too. a long rope. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, he has like all this military stuff, like still for some reason. But yeah, he like repels down in to like this bat skeleton creature, like gets right up in his face, and this one actually still looks pretty awesome. Yeah, it does. It looks cool. Because, like, the bat creature, gun. like, circles around again, steals his gun, like, twirls the gun and, like, shoots the rope like it's doing tricks. <laughs> he falls and lands in water, and he finds his son Jimmy at a POW camp in Vietnam. Yeah. Him, He's in a bamboo cage. Is, is this Rambo? Like... Yeah, I have no fucking idea how this makes sense. He gets his son, they swim away, and they emerge out of the pool in the backyard. Yeah, and then they hug in the pool for way too long. I'm like, get out. I know you're happy that your son is back. Yay. Get out of the danger murder pool that leads to the other dimension. (laughs) But they go in the house, and they're about to leave. He's all excited. He opens the door, but what do we have here? Oh, it's Big Ben. They were, like, so hoping that this would be the next Jason. They're like, we don't know what happened. We don't know why he didn't catch on. But, you know what? It is pretty cool. I think Big yeah. Ben rules. Especially this for This is, like, zombie Big Ben. And yeah, it reminds you of, like, Jimmy. part seven Jason. With, like, the yeah, ribs exposed bit. and all the skeleton parts. But he's also, like, kind of meaty still. Yeah. But... He can talk, too. It's not, like, silent monster. He's stalking Roger through the house. He tells Jimmy to go hide. He crawls onto the roof, comes back in through another window, and they start fighting. He grabs Big Ben's zombie arm, pulls it off, but Big Ben just reattaches it. <laughs> because it's a comedic thing where Roger, like, does anything. He looks at the arm. He's like, ah! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he throws him out a door, but now there's just a cliff there, like, the house is now all of a sudden on the side of the cliff, and he's hanging on the cliff, and Big Ben's going to drop him into the abyss, but he Indiana Jones' is Big Ben with his belt. He, like, takes it off and whips it around him and throws him into the abyss instead. And it's great, because, like, Big Ben's like, no, as he falls off the cliff. You see him, like, smack a rock. <laughs> yeah, so he's definitely done for, right? Oh, yeah, the, he killed the ghost, for sure. Because he crawls back up. And Big Ben's just right there, and he has Jimmy. And he's like, you can't get rid of me, Roger. Yeah, like, you could have killed me back then. Now I'm going to kill you and your son. But now Roger realizes, I'm not afraid anymore, and Ben's losing his power. Very Nightmare on Elm Street. I was going to say, all of a sudden this becomes like Freddy Krueger. If you're not afraid of him, he has no power. It's weird. Yep. <laughs> And this is awesome because he steals one of Ben's grenades and just shoves it into his, like, rotty insides and he blows up. Ben's like, no, no, as he's, like, scraping at his chest. (laughs) But yeah, I thought it was going to be, like, metaphorical because, like, the grenade's not even, I guess, real because it came from Big Ben. So, like, I didn't think it would actually explode. But no, the house is on fire and exploding, too. Yeah, it's a weird, like, other dimensional grenade because as soon as it goes off, the house turns into a set. And you can see, like, the fire jets that they use on movie sets coming out of the windows that have no glass on them now. So it's really, really weird. But Sandy and Harold are outside the house. Of course. Well, Harold's outside the house, looks over. There's a house on fire in front of him. He looks over and sees Sandy. So it's like, oh, I wonder if she has that pen I asked her to bring. (laughs) 
<laughs> but Roger comes out with Jimmy, and you get a very happy oh. family reunion with the newest Uncle Uncle Harold. It's so much of like the heroic dad comes out, and the kids on his like hip, and he's holding them up, and he's in his army stuff. He looks super heroic and cool, and the the kids like mommy. Dad's like, I guess I just saved you from a ghost dimension, but fuck me, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And that's house. Yeah, good time. How'd you like it? It was really fun. I'm really glad I watched it. I've not seen the sequels. I really want to, but I don't think the other ones have Norm in it, so it's probably not as good. Yeah, I I hear house two's really good. Yeah, there's like a plant dog that I've seen pictures of a lot. I just now learned about house two because I just learned about house, but everyone seems to like it. Yeah. But I absolutely love House. This is one I would like to own. Like, if when we're at a con or something at some point, this is, like, a little bit more obscure of one that I would like to grab. Like, how I grabbed Brain Damage recently. I'd just like to point out that we were at a con literally this past weekend, and I saw a house there, and you did not get it. Well, I didn't feel like it then. Now I want it. <laughs> I'm an American. I want it now. <laughs> <laughs> and you ready to get in Count of the Dead? Yeah, let's get into the Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. And the Throwing with Horror Count of the Dead's where we tally up all the deaths in the movie. Where do you think we got with House? Do the creatures count? No. Then zero? Uh, I'm sorry, there were eight. All those flashbacks, Brett. Oh, the flashback people. I didn't even count them. We saw them die! I know, I didn't even think of that as part of the move, like, actually part of the movie, though, but you're right. Yep, we got eight. Yeah, I guess people did die in Vietnam. Yep, I believe so. <laughs> That's Craig's Count of the Dead. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Now we're getting into my ratings from Dimension Z. Uh, so basically, I'll take something from the movie and I'll rate the movie 1 through 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. I come up with that thing right now. And I think it's only fitting with George Wint being in here that we get characters from Cheers to be Roger's neighbor. Okay. I a uh, Number one, even though I really like his character and he's funny, I got to go with Cliff Clavin because he's just going to be talking your ear off with all kinds of useless facts all the time. And he's also like, he's really sad. He still lived like he still lived with his mom and whatnot. So like, he's just trying to get out of the house all the time. So I think cliff would kind of really get on your nerves. Yeah. The best is norm, of course, because okay, he might talk a lot here and there and whatnot, but norm is always bringing beer and food. That man is not showing up without alcohol and some kind of fried food. That's true, even in this movie. Exactly. And I've even heard of like people who've like worked with George Wint um, behind the scenes and whatnot. They're like, oh yeah, he's a lot of fun to go out and drink with. <laughs> oh, I bet. Um, I'm going to give House 7 Cheers characters out of 10, so maybe like a Carla. Where like, oh, she'll, she'll be pretty alright, but sometimes she'll be pretty angry. I am almost right with you. I went seven and a half. I, I couldn't decide between a seven or an eight, so that seemed perfect out of ten. So I'm going to say like a Frasier. Okay. Oh, Frasier, God. <laughs> so yeah, seven and a half out of ten characters from Cheers to live next door. 
I think, is there any other movie that I could have that be our rating system and we could go so into, like, the Cheers lore of, like, mm, I think this one's a Carla. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Probably not. Yeah. But, hey, I'm happy that we got to do it. I love Cheers. After, if you yeah. want a good palate cleanser after watching some horror movies, put on Cheers. It's a good time. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, unless you have anything else, man. No, I think that's all I got on House. Awesome. Well, we hope that House has left your brain throbbing with horror. Ah, uh, it seems you've survived another fright. Be sure to look for the Throbbing with Horror pumpkin on all of your favorite social medias and local newspaper headlines. Rate us five stars on your favorite podcast platform, or else. Subscribe for more tantalizing terror, and be ready for the new fear next week, if you dare. <laughs>